Matt Schaff of DraftSharks.com here, and we just finished updating our most popular article series of every year, The Perfect Draft. Now, I'm not going to lie, it's a tedious exercise, but we keep doing it because it's also a very useful one. What we do with our Perfect Draft articles is we run through a full 16-round draft from all the draft positions and for multiple formats. We list the Draft War Room's top recommendations at every turn, and we talk through the different scenarios as well in between. So, you know, we'll say if you didn't take a wide receiver last time, this is what you might be doing here. Or if you did get here with two running backs, this is what might change. So it's showing you the players that are going to be recommended to you at every turn, but also talking through how the draft can go differently because we know that not every draft is going to stick to how the board thinks that it will. We hit both PPR and non-PPR, and we do those articles for 10-team, 12-team, and 14-team drafts. I was in charge of the 10-team drafts this year, and if you play primarily in 10-team fantasy football leagues, then you know that most of the content that you'll find is geared toward 12-team formats. So that's why I figured I would make this video to run through some key differences and tips for drafting for your 10-team league as opposed to a deeper format. A lot of this, of course, can also apply if you play in an eight-team league. So don't feel like you're not recognized there either. You'll find a lot of experts talking down to those smaller formats, 10 teams, especially eight teams, but it's not worse. There's nothing worse about a smaller team format. It's just different. And I hear from plenty of fantasy football players every year who play in eight-team leagues and want some strategy that's geared toward them. So I hear you. That's why we're here. One key difference in a 10-team league or an 8-team league versus deeper formats is it's easier and also more beneficial to target top producers at the onesie positions. That's a position that only starts one player every week, normally quarterback and tight end. Now, why would that be the case in a smaller league? It's always good to gain an advantage over the rest of your league at a specific position. That's just a, a general truth. You always want to gain advantages at certain spots. The difference here is in a smaller league, you're paying less in opportunity cost to target that top producer at that one starter position. Travis Kelsey, for example, the top quarterbacks. What does it mean to pay less in opportunity cost? It means you're not giving up as much in terms of what you will later get at wide receiver and running back by taking that top producer at tight end or quarterback. In a 10-team league or an 8-team league, you're going to get higher quality wide receivers and or running backs making it back to you next turn than you would in a deeper format. So it's easier to take that leap, even if it's uncomfortable at times on somebody like Mark Andrews, knowing that you will still get some decent options back at running back or wide receiver the next turn. Now, I mentioned Travis Kelsey. Does that mean that he should be your target in round one? Not necessarily, and you can certainly look at your draft war room to see if he makes sense for your specific format, but the thing about Travis Kelsey is we project a larger gap between Mark Andrews and number three, TJ Hawkinson, and certainly down from there, than we do between Kelsey and Mark Andrews. So the draft war room is going to tend to push Travis Kelsey down round one a little bit and maybe like Mark Andrews better than some other sets of rankings will. So Andrews makes for a pretty good target if you're in a 10-team or an 8-team league, and he's probably going to hit your board sometime in round three, depending on exactly where you're drafting in that round. He's not a target at every spot in round three, and it will always depend on specifically who's there as well as what exactly you have to start at the other positions. But Mark Andrews does show up quite a bit when I go through a draft war room 
four 10-team drafts. You're also likely to see the top quarterbacks hit your board at some point fairly early. That could be Josh Allen as early as sometime in round two. It could be Lamar Jackson around the 3-4 turn. Maybe Jalen Hurts is a guy that slides to you. It doesn't mean that you have to take one of those guys. Again, it's just a little bit easier to do so in this format, knowing that you will still get higher quality running backs and wide receivers. And of course, that we are there with our rankings, most accurate in the industry, by the way, to show you the guys that you can get and still take advantage at running back and wide receiver, the picks thereafter. Don't have to take Josh Allen when he comes up. You don't have to take Lamar Jackson when he comes up. Justin Herbert can be a, I guess, semi fallback in this range because he could get to you in round six of a 10 team draft. If you do that, if you spend your first five picks on non quarterbacks and then get Justin Herbert in round six, I think you're building a very good team for this year because I love the upside of Justin Herbert and the Chargers in general. Of course, you don't also don't need to take Justin Herbert. That's one other feature of this format. There will be plenty of starting quarterbacks for everybody. You can find other quarterbacks later on. And perhaps if you do wait until the end, till the rest of your league has starting quarterbacks, maybe you double up on guys like Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins, and then you're playing matchups or riding a hot hand in season. In PPR drafts for 10-team leagues, don't be afraid to secure a pair of early wide receivers. Your draft war room is likely to favor wide receiver from just about any position in round one. And it's not that we just have 10 wide receivers at the top of our board, but we tend to value the wide receivers more than where the market is valuing the top running backs in ADP, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler and Bijan Robinson specifically. There are really two top shelves of wide receivers this year. First is the top four, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Your order can vary a little bit, but that's the top four at the position this year. And anywhere that you pick in the first half of round one, especially in PPR, the draft war room is going to recommend you taking one of those guys. I agree. The other shelf of top receivers there is the later round one target hogs. Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Adams. Those guys aren't quite at the level of the top four I mentioned, but they are well set up to dominate target share for their teams and have productive seasons. So not only are they attractive fantasy plays, they might give you a higher PPR floor than the running backs in the same range, which tend to carry a little bit more injury risk. The round two recommendation is going to depend specifically on who makes it to you, but there are potentially attractive options at both running back and wide receiver running back, especially you're going to notice there's not a whole lot of difference between the round one guys and the round two guys. Saquon Barkley can make it into round two. Derrick Henry can last until the end of round two. So that's part of your draft war room recommending wide receivers in round one because you can get a round one level running back in round two and really jumpstart your team. Again, don't be afraid if the draft war room says, hey, start with these two receivers and then we'll hit running back later because there will be attractive running back options starting in round two, but even all the way through round eight. Alvin Kamara and Javante Williams, for example, currently carry round eight ADPs in 10 team drafts. You could draft either of those guys in round seven ahead of that ADP, and they would be solid picks with plenty of upside. So that's part of why it's okay to take a couple of wide receivers early. Similarly at wide receiver, there's not a ton of difference between a lot of the round two guys and a lot of the round three guys in ADP. So if you get to the middle of round two and the recommendation is a running back, Go for it because there are going to be quality wide receivers available in round three and likely the several rounds after that. On the non-PPR side, the draft war room is still tending to favor a wide receiver in round one, especially that top four I mentioned. Jefferson, Chase, Hill, Cup. 
hit those guys this year, you're not likely to be disappointed as long as they stay healthy. And I know you're wondering, should I worry about Cooper Cup's hamstring? I'm not worried. ESPN Stefania Bell said, uh, no, I'm still drafting him in round one because he does a great job of taking care of himself. And other Twitter docs on football are saying it's not a highly elevated re-injury risk for Cooper Cup. So I'm still on Cooper Cup in round one to answer that question. Now, same kind of deal on the non-PPR side for why you might favor a wide receiver when it doesn't seem to make sense to do so for non-PPR because there are still attractive running back options that are likely to be available in round two. Guys like Derrick Henry are still, I say guys like, how many guys are like Derrick Henry? But Derrick Henry specifically can get into that round two range even in non-PPR. He's right on that one-two fringe. Also, guys like Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs gain some value there because sure, they have the questions of exactly when they'll get on the field, but when they do get on the field, they're going to get tons of carries, even if it's not for the team that they're currently on. So they get boosted up the rankings a little bit when it's non-PPR. They're down in ADP. They can be values that you can get in round two. Don't be afraid in non-PPR drafts to load up on running backs through the single-digit rounds, however. If you only have to start two wide receivers especially, then your draft war room will probably favor getting a fourth running back, maybe even five running backs, before you land that third wide receiver in your draft. There's more value here in securing those high-volume rushers, and there are attractive options in that class in the rounds two through five range in your non-PPR drafts. Guys like J.K. Dobbins will stay on the board probably longer than they should. Joe Mixon is commonly at least in round three, even though his ADP has climbed from where it was back when people weren't certain he was going to stay with the Bengals. Wide receivers, meanwhile, flatten out the further you get in non-PPR drafts. So in wide receiver three territory, you don't feel the need to target some specific guy or worry about some drop-off. Instead, you can collect a few options later on and then either play the matchups, play the hot offenses, or wait for somebody to emerge and turn into a weekly starter. Traylon Burks is one guy that I like that's got high upside. He's currently got a knee injury, so he's going to get pushed down in ADP. You can wait. You can not use him early in the season. You can see what happens. And frankly, if he doesn't work out, He's going in a range where it's not going to kill your team. You've got other options you can stick in ahead of them. But that's the kind of player you want to look for in your wide receiver three spot, especially perhaps in a wide receiver two, depending on how you're building things. Again, overall, 10 team, 18, there's value in targeting the top shelf producers at those one starter positions because you know that you're giving up in less an opportunity cost and you can still get quality wide receivers and running backs later in your draft. Like I said, we've been primarily focused on 10-team drafts here, but the draft pillars also apply to eight-team formats. If you want to learn more about our pillars for fantasy football draft strategy for any format, click the link in the show notes below to check out the full thing. You can also find links to the entire 10-team perfect draft for either PPR or non-PPR there. If you're in an eight-team league, check out the 10-team one. It can be largely applicable to your draft format as well. And if you're ready to just fire up your draft war room and get customized pick recommendations at every turn for your specific format, then click that button or link right now to get started.